There is just no quit in this San Francisco Giants team. They were down four nothing again, and they looked it looked like a loss. I was chalking this one up to a loss, and it ends up uh, with the team piling on Mike Yastrzemski at home plate after a walk off splash hit. So just another magical moment in what's looking like perhaps a magical season for the San Francisco Giants. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first per- purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, the San Francisco Giants have done it again. They just continue to come back. It's funny because I mentioned I did a crossover episode with Paul Holden from Locked on Rockies after the Giants had two consecutive comeback wins in Colorado. And what I said to him was, uh, because he asked, like, what was the best part about this series for you? And it, and I said, to me, it was the comebacks. Because I thought when you come back from a couple of games that it looks like you should lose, it starts to build that confidence and belief in your team that you can come back. And sure enough, I mean, they have done it and then some with some of these games. I mean, going back then after the Colorado series, we look at the uh, game in St. Louis with Mike Yastrzemski doing the same kind of thing, but on the road down to their last out, down to their last strike. He hits a two-run homer to tie it, and they win in extras. And then in Los Angeles, on their way to a historic sweep, the Giants were down 4 nothing and getting no hit through six innings, and they came back and won that game as well. And then last night, they were just getting completely shut down by Michael Waka, who, to his credit, has had a really good season, and, and he showed why in last night's game, just dominating the Giants while he was in there. But they managed to get a couple of solo homers, one of them being from Mike Yastrzemski, one of them being from David Villar. And then in the ninth inning, that's when the magic happened. And later on in the show, we're going to point to the specific rookies who contributed to this win. I mean, my goodness, did the rookies contribute to this win, including in that ninth inning. And so the Giants were able to come back and tie the game. Mike Yastrzemski had a huge hit in that ninth inning, uh, two runs. And the pitcher who came in for the Padres, Josh Hader, was down and the Giants took advantage. And it just... it. It's going to continue to build in that they are going to have that belief and confidence that no matter what, it it just felt like, I mean, because speaking of the rookie contributors, like Keaton Wynn came in out of the bullpen and pitched five innings. We'll get more into him later, but 
The Padres got their four runs and the Giants were just able to keep it there. And that's been a consistent theme in these comebacks is that you're keeping it within striking distance. And then you just feel like you just need a, you know, because they have grinding at bats, they draw walks and they have power. And so you just need a couple of guys on base, you know, whether it's a hit or a walk or whatever, and you're one swing away from coming right back into the game. And so that's I mean the two solo homers kind of exemplified that and made it four to two and they were within striking distance going to that ninth inning and it did feel like they had a legitimate shot there and again we'll get into the specific rookies who contributed in that ninth and in the first and throughout the game but yeah Yaz had a big single and then he ended up scoring the tying run on a sacrifice fly he was more fired up than you might uh, then you'll he's he was basically as fired up as he could be. And by the way, I mentioned yesterday the attendance, and I was curious about how many people were going to show up because this is a big series. The Padres are as uber talented team as you can see when you're facing them. It's just ridiculous with Tatis and Soto and Machado and Bogarts at the top of that lineup. But as I've also said, the Giants have outscored this team on the season by a wide margin, and they outscored them again last night. But yeah, Yaz scores that tying run. We go to extra innings. Camilo Doval, uh, with the free runner on second base, he does not allow him to score. And there was a, you know, Gabe Kapler pulled all the strings. There was a lot of string pulling in this game, and we will discuss that later on as well, including in that top of the 10th. And it was a risky move that he made that we'll talk about later, but Doval ends up getting out of that inning without allowing a run, which is just huge because now you as the home team get a free runner on second base to start your half of the inning. And uh, again, a, a rookie contribution to begin that top of the 10th, or excuse me, bottom of the 10th to move a runner up. And then Mike Yastrzemski uh, came up with a chance to win the game with just a sacrifice fly. And he did more than that on a 3-1 pitch off a lefty. He just launched one into McCovey Cove, just absolutely barreled it up into McCovey Cove, no doubt home run, gone as soon as it left the bat. And in a game that the Giants really kind of were dead in the water, there they were once again jumping around at home plate and celebrating a victory that, you know, brought them their 40th win on the season, kind of almost as importantly, it continued to hold down the San Diego Padres, who are just doing their best to try to, you know, the Giants were at this point at one point themselves, where they were trying to push past that 500 mark, and the Padres haven't been able to do it. If they were to win last night's game, they would have been back at 500 for the first time in a long time. I'm pretty sure it's been at least a month plus, if not more than that, since they've been below 500. And for the Giants, they improved to 40 and 32. It was their eighth consecutive win. They're three and a half ga games back in the division as the D-backs continue to be really good and winning all the time. And the Giants are now the second wildcard team, and they have a two-game lead over a playoff spot over the Phillies. They've passed the Dodgers by a full game in the standings, and the Giants are just one and a half game games back of the Marlins, who are that first wildcard team. And they continue to win 
at a high rate with a negative run differential. So I, I continue to believe at some point that Marlins team is going to come back down to earth a little bit. But coming up in just a minute, I want to discuss the specifics. I kind of alluded to them all throughout this conversation about the rookies who contributed to this win. And there were a lot of them and the contributions were huge. So we will get into that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event, Giants games, at home, on the road, concerts, theater, whatever, shouldn't have to be so stressful. And for me in the past, using other websites, I always did find it a stressful experience. One of the things if I'm visiting like the Giants on the road or going to a venue I've never been to, not having images of seat views is a really big deal because you don't know, like you when you see like a 2D graph of or graphic or whatever of the stadium, you don't know exactly what it looks like from there. Like what, how high up is it, et cetera. And so that was one of the big things. And then worrying about getting the best price, because I don't know, am I buying too early? Am I buying too late? But with game time, all of those fears are resolved. You get images of seat views and you get the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, here we go. We're going to discuss the the rookies who not only played a role in this win, but who are helping to turn not just the vibes around, but also the team around. And so I think there's just so much that these rookies are contributing. It's like helping them win specific games it's helping them it's helping the fans believe in them again and and it's just helping them win overall thanks again for making lockdown giants your first listen every day every dayers tomorrow on the show once again we're going to be breaking down a huge game against the padres the padres have seth lugo going uh maybe not quite as tough as michael waka and for the Giants, Tony DiSclefani, who needs to get back on track, and now would be a really good time for it. So the Giants play the Padres tonight at 645 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Giants. So yeah, the rookie contributors, like it's going to take me a while to rattle off all the contributions that were made by rookies in this game, but not just the individual not just like recapping this game but also what these guys mean to the team and it started off with Patrick Bailey who has just very very quickly established like no offense to Joey Bart but man has has Patrick Bailey made a major leapfrog ahead of Joey Bart and like Joey Bart's kind of an afterthought at this point and you could see why. I mean, if you're watching these games, Patrick Bailey is doing what what you want your catcher to do. And I mean, he's doing what it, what one of the better catchers in the league would do. And what he's doing is playing well defensively and contributing with the bat. And the defense, the framing, he had a pass ball, but like that happens. But in the first inning, Fernando Tatis Jr. starts things off against opener Ryan Walker uh, with a double. 
And you've got, like I said, Soto, Machado, Bogarts coming up, and Tatis kind of inexplicably to me tries to steal third with nobody out and Soto up. Soto later went on to homer twice in this game, including in that very at-bat following Tatis, but Tatis was out because he tried to steal third and Patrick Bailey threw him out at third. And so runners are 0 for 2 trying to steal third against Patrick Bailey and those two runners are Mookie Betts and Fernando Tatis Jr. And so it was just an idiotic move by Fernando Tatis with I I get it like I mean if he must have really thought he could take third there but Patrick Bailey had other ideas and then Soto homered and so it it literally took a run off the board there's no telling if maybe you know maybe Soto doesn't homer if Tatis is on second like it could have changed the butterfly effect whatever but when you're when you've got that kind of lineup, you just cannot make a base running blunder like that. And Tatis did, thanks to Patrick Bailey. I mean, again, no disrespect to Bart, but there were so many times when he wouldn't even get off a throw on on guys attempting to steal. Anyway, I mean, it was just a, a tremendous throw, and Patrick Bailey's pop times—the time it takes from the time it hits his glove to the time when the throw gets down to the base, essentially, have been excellent. His framing numbers have been excellent. So, just defensively, Patrick Bailey has made huge contributions. And then, just to stick on Patrick Bailey, but switch to offense—I mean, he had a—he had the first hit, the only hit Giants hit for a long time off of Michael Waka, so a nice professional at bat for Patrick Bailey. And then in the ninth, he came up in the, you know, one of the biggest spots of the game, if not the biggest, like obviously the Yaz homer is going to be the highlight and all that. But Patrick Bailey had the tying run on third in the ninth inning with one out and a runner on first. And so, and it it became a two strike count. And so if you strike out there, you're probably going to lose the game. If you hit into a double play there, the game is over and you've lost. And so it is a pressure at bat for Patrick Bailey. The goal being, obviously, to drive in Yastrzemski. Uh, and as a hitter, you're kind of, you know, keep the ball off the ground, make contact. But a sack fly works. Hit a ball to the outfield. And that's exactly what he did on a pitch away in a two-strike count. He didn't try to pull it. He just, like, kind of slapped it the other way making contact not striking out huge in that huge in that situation and it it ended up being just deep enough as Yastrzemski was barely able to slide in ahead of the tag and so just a tremendous at bat there by Patrick Bailey he doesn't get a hit out of it but huge to keep the ball off the ground and to make contact and so I can't say enough about him and then also how about leading off that ninth inning you had Blake Sable pinch hitting for a pinch hitter. So we'll we'll discuss Kapler's maneuverings and how they really worked out in this game. But Sable let off the ninth with the Giants down by two. And this is kind of a theme that has more than just emerged. It's just clear with this team that the grinding at bats and just the the stubbornness as Kapler has been, uh, he's like to say recently is that these hitters are stubborn and if you throw a pitch down the heart, they're going to take a healthy rip at it. But if it's not there, they're if they're just not going to swing at it. 
And Sable worked a leadoff walk in that inning. And it was just a tremendous plate appearance to start it off and not be too jumpy and not try to do too much. And Sable has shown that time and time again. And so that was huge. If he makes an out there, you probably lose the game. Like there's so many different ways they could have lost this game. But guys came through in key situations. There was also a Luis Matos sack fly that got Yastrzemski to third, setting up the Patrick Bailey sack fly. And so it doesn't get quite as much hoopla because it didn't score the tying run, but it was just as important getting him to third, setting up the sack fly for Patrick Bailey. So Matos, that was his kind of main contribution in the game. But again, making contact and keeping the ball off the ground was huge in that situation. I think uh, it might've been first and second or was Yastrzemski, I think Yastrzemski was just on second. So a ground ball would have been all right if it was to the right side. But Matos did a job there and set up the tying run. And then uh, other rookie contributors, I mean, Keaton Wynn, how about him? He pitched five innings in relief and the first batter he faced Juan Soto hit his second home run like almost an identical home run to the homer he hit in the first inning and so you know Keaton went he just kind of shrugged it off you could just tell like it just kind of woke him up he 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 was just not really phased by it and he totally completely settled in and ended up pitching five innings he only allowed that one run. He only allowed three hits total. He didn't walk anybody and he struck out four. And kind of almost more importantly than the end results was the quality of the pitches to me. I mean, there have been comparisons made to Kevin Gosman, like Dan Zimborski, some on Twitter and, you know, have pointed out and pointed out before, well before the season started, that, that, uh, Wynn reminded them of, Kevin Gosman and I see the comparison like it's Kevin Gosman but with a 95 mile an hour sinker as well Gosman is like four seam fastball and splitters but I mean the four seam fastball for Keaton Wynn is upper 90s the split is like upper 80s to low 90s and it's nasty and then the two seamer is like 95 and nasty and so really really impressive stuff from Keaton Wynn and I saw enough out of these five innings to believe he very much could be a guy who could be in a rotation, like a starting pitcher. And so I think Tristan Beck has shown that he could be a starting pitcher for the Giants. And Keaton Wynn, this is only his second major league appearance, and the Giants are short on starters. And he is a guy. And then Sean Manaya's has done great out of the bullpen. So they're down a bunch of starters, but they've got guys giving them length and doing a really good job. And Keaton Wynn, like kudos, his second major league uh, performance appearance and he just pitched fantastic and like I said kept them in position to come back because he just kept throwing up zeros after the first batter that he faced other rookie contributors I just have to mention Casey Schmidt drew a walk his second major league walk and it was a big walk at the time I forget exactly the context in this moment right now but it was a big walk uh to like he was they were trying to tempt him to chase and he just wouldn't do it and so huge in that moment for uh Casey Schmidt like I said so many 
rookies. VR, I mean, he's technically not a rookie, but hitting a homer to get them one run closer. So just an unbelievable team effort, a combination of youth and veterans here in this game and in this season, kind of revitalizing the San Francisco Giants and helping them win baseball games. So coming up in just a minute, I do want to talk, like, this is a this was a major part of this win was the maneuvering by Gabe Kapler. Now, whenever he does maneuvering and it doesn't work out, you're going to, there's always a lot of moaning and groaning about it. But for the most part, what he's doing pays off and it totally paid off yesterday. A lot of the moves that were made, and I think they go unnoticed when they work. And so I'm going to point them out in just a minute, but first. All right, as promised, we're going to discuss the maneuvering by Gabe Kapler and how it played a like the manager here was a player in winning this game. And that's ideally what your manager helps you do. And Gabe Kapler, like when the Giants are winning, like in 2021 and now, it's easy to see like it's it's Gabe Kapler is one of the best managers around, like with with the way that he manages the team and it puts them in good positions to have games like this that otherwise you might not have been able to do. And like I said, it kind of goes unnoticed when it works, but there were so many things that he actively did. Like this wasn't just passive, just let the players play, just set your lineup and don't mess with it. It was like pinch hitting galore and it set them up for a victory, and on the pitching side, they made some interesting moves that helped them win. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, breaking down game two, hopefully another uh, Giants win. Hopefully they could keep this going and make it nine in a row. Giants play the Padres at 645 Pacific tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. So... The Giants got aggressive with their pinch hitting and it, you know, they, they emptied the bench here in this game and ultimately the moves that the Giants made, like there was maybe one spot where they ended up with a matchup that they didn't want particularly late in the game, but they had already tied the game. So they had maneuvered their way to tying the game. Obviously the players had to come through, but Jock Peterson ended up facing a lefty with the bases loaded tie game bottom of the ninth. And you'd like to not have to use Peterson against the lefty there, but that was like they had already tied it. And so it was kind of gravy. Uh, and you just cert- at a certain point, you just run out of players to use off your bench. And where it started was pinch hitting for Brandon Crawford leading off the seventh inning against Tim Hill, I think it was. There was a lefty, certainly, for Crawford, and they pinch hit with J.D. Davis. And Davis ended up striking out, but that's kind of beside the point because Davis then got another at-bat later in the game. And so to get two at-bats from clearly a superior offensive player and then to be able to maneuver your way to uh, – defensively making it work. J.D. Davis, huge deal that he was able to play in the field after that pinch hit appearance, and they moved Tyro Estrada to short and then uh, David Villar to second. And so you get, you know, you're down in the game, and so you need offense, and 
to substitute out Crawford for J.D. Davis is undoubtedly an offensive upgrade. And then Davis came up again, like I said, and drew a key walk. And then they also pinch hit Casey Schmidt for Lamont Wade Jr. I was somewhat surprised it wasn't Austin Slater in that situation. Schmidt made an out in his first plate appearance, but again, came up again and drew a walk. And then uh, Austin Slater, this was the, the play leading off the ninth that really stood out. Michael Conforto was up and Tim Hill was still on the mound, the lefty. And so they pinch hit the Giants pinch hit with Slater because they're like, okay, if you're going to leave Tim Hill out here, we're going to use our best, one of our best bats against a left-handed pitcher in Austin Slater, knowing that the Padres had a right-handed pitcher ready to go in the bullpen, but it was not their closer. And it's a guy who's not been great for the Padres. And so Gabe Kapler and the Giants were kind of testing the Padres. Are you going to leave in the hot hand in Tim Hill, who had pitched two like perfect innings and allow Slater to face a lefty there? Or are you going to go to your righty and not have to face Slater? And so they, the Padres go to the righty and the Giants pinch hit for the pinch hitter. Austin Slater technically pinch hit, never hit, and then was pinch hit for. And so that's the type of thing that the Giants are doing here that other teams, frankly, just don't do. And they have the players to do it. And so it's like a collaborative, collaboration between the front office and the you know coaching staff and Kapler and then the players executing and it was done to perfection because Sable then pinch hit for Slater and like I said Sable led off with that walk so you're so deep into your bench and you still have a Blake Sable who's been a good offensive player and like a clutch offensive player for the Giants this year just doesn't get overwhelmed in big moments and then so you've got a lefty leading off and then you've got Yastrzemski, another lefty up next. And so suddenly you're in a good position in that ninth inning and Sable walks, Yastrzemski singles, and then Matos, you believe in the bat to ball skills there to do something. And he did with the sack fly. And then JD Davis uh, was up again. Like I said, pinch hit, having pinch hit for Crawford in the previous go through the order. And he drew a key walk and that brought up Bailey that set up the sack fly. So all of that just worked out to perfection, essentially. And then also just want to point out in the top of the 10th with the Padres getting that free runner on second, obviously the game is tied four to four and Juan Soto is leading off going to Camilo Doval makes all the sense in the world, kind of a no brainer for that inning, but it's Juan Soto coming up and Tatis on second. So kind of a nightmare scenario. And they intentionally walk Soto. And this team does not often issue intentional walks. And to me, it was it was risky because, you know, it's one thing if Tatis scores, that's pretty common because, you all, you know, they get a free runner on second base to start the inning. That guy scores a lot. But putting a second runner on base for free to start the inning is risky. If that guy comes around to score as well, then you can look at yourself and say, we put him on base for free and now we're down by two. And the key was you just, they were just saying, we're not going to let a lefty Soto beat our righty uh, Camilo Duvall. And we're going to go after these righties coming up in Machado and Bogarts. And Duvall got them both out. He got Machado to strike out on 11 pitches. He got Bogarts to ground out in a full count. And then it did bring up another lefty in Jake Cronenworth. 
and Doval got him to fly out to right. And so when all was said and done, just the maneuvering by Kapler played a huge role in winning this game. Like if you pitch to Soto, who's already homered twice in the game, no idea what ends up happening. But Soto is like arguably the most dangerous hitter in the game. And so I thought it was a risky move, but it absolutely paid off. And the Padres did not score in the top of that inning. inning, And that sets you up so beautifully for the bottom of the inning. And the Giants went on to win on the walk-off splash hit. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Breaking down another huge game against the Padres in this four-game series. Giants play the Padres tonight at 6.45 Pacific. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.